Hey there, and welcome to the Fantasy Fantasia podcast, a podcast where a bunch of Canadian theater nerds gather around and play various tabletop role-playing games, such as Dungeons and Dragons, Monster of the Week, Monster Hearts, Call of Cthulhu, and more. Help us keep the dice rolling by supporting the Fantasy Fantasia podcast on Patreon by becoming a supporter, storyteller, or roleplay hero on our Patreon, you can get awesome benefits such as early access to episodes, access to exclusive podcast content, voting power in the creation of future episodes, as well as sweet giveaway prizes. My name is Avery Malosh, and I will be your Dungeon Master for tonight's episode of Dungeons & Dragons Legend of the Silver Flame. Previously in Legend of the Silver Flame. You come to the first of two bridges that help cross the river into Bloomberg, and you notice immediately that something is not right. You look to the river and you see that the river is red. So you go to take a peek through this window, and you see there's a family surrounding the dinner table that actually isn't yours. There's uh, a man, a woman, and three children, and then uh, an older lady who you can presume to be the grandmother of those children. You recognize this symbol to be the symbol of the god Kalemvor, the god of death. So uh, out loud, just Giriad goes, necromancy. Oh god, not necromancy. Velvet lets out a huge, like, (laughs) He walks toward you, walking faster and faster until he comes right up to you, and he holds your shoulders and looks at you and says, Lena, is that you? Yeah, Dad, what are you... Oh, my daughter! And he pulls you into this big... Oh, Velvet's crying into size clothing right now. (laughs) Audibly or quietly? Oh, no, like... (laughs) (laughs) Like, really loud. Sai just kind of reaches down and pats him on the head, but lets him... And I would bet my life on it that those damn thieves are trying to perform some rituals so they can get their riches and, and move... Who knows what for? Uh, please, please place the body on the on the table there. No. <laughs> um, he turns to the one guard. Please, please place the body where you would feel comfortable. So Giriad clears his throat a little better. <clears throat> no. <laughs> and you find it. You find the grave listed as Phoebe Everlay. She, Lena, just doesn't say anything, lets go of Velvet's hand. She kneels down in front of the tombstone, and she 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 takes out her uh, sketchbook, flips through it to quite an early entry, rips it out, and it's a picture she drew when she was about 10 of her family, and just kind of folds it up and wedges it kind of in the grass near the... So it's leaning against the tombstone. And just sits there. The sun continues to set over Plumberg. Its final red rays make the Red River look like blood, quickly following the vein that wraps around to the western edge of town. 
the people of the town begin locking the doors to their shops, finishing their work, and begin quietly scampering back to their homes or inns. The central square clock tower sounds signaling it is 9 o'clock p.m. Many guards begin to take their posts throughout the town. A few amongst them can be heard yelling, Curfew is now in effect! As the guards set the street lamps ablaze by hand, casting circles of low orange light sporadically throughout the town. The air feels tense, almost electric tonight, as if a strange energy is seeping from the ground beneath your feet. Or perhaps it is just the heat of the summer day has not broken yet. Most of our adventurers begin heading toward Jumping Jack's Inn to spend the night, all except Lena and Velvet, who are still at the graveyard. The graveyard is dark, with no lights to illuminate the area, as Lena, you stand before the grave of your mother, Phoebe Everly. What would you like to do? Uh, I think she, she slowly gets up, and uh, I think where we left off, we were going to start heading back towards her, the church where her dad is. Mm, okay. And this is after she ripped out the page of like from when she was a kid with the picture of her family that she drew and placed it at the gravestone. Nice. You, you set the paper down and it just rests against it. All right. I guess we should head back. Velvet goes, well, listen, I know that you want to go speak with your father. I'm sure you have a lot to discuss. Do you want me to just kind of be there? I mean, I don't mind blending in with the statues in the church and scaring people as they walk in and shit, but, uh, you know, I don't want to intrude. Uh, I mean, whatever you want. I mean, if you want to come, you're more than welcome. But if you want some time by yourself, uh, that's cool, too. No, you know what? I got your back. And he, like... <laughs> <laughs> Fl like flings his hair back and you know his classic velvet way and gives her a grin <laughs> she just kind of gives a half smile and says okay just don't don't tell the others how emotional I was I, I'm not very good with emotions and yeah secrecy is my middle name actually it's Rodrigo but don't it's fine <laughs> you, you, oh. you get it you get it <laughs> yeah I, I, I get it <laughs> It's a very gnome name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very gnome. <laughs> just like velvet smooth chords, very gnome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he just hobbles along after her. All right, so you guys begin to walk through the graveyard. And without making a sound, from behind you, Lena, you suddenly feel these two hands clasp your shoulder and turn you around. And you're looking into the face of a very old man. He, he's sort of short and he has a hunched back and with patchy buzzed hair. And he has these droopy, thick cheeks and only six teeth. And his eyes are milky white with a faint blue iris barely visible beneath the milky fog of his eyes. He suddenly grabs you and with drool kind of coming from his lip, he says, oh, Leanne, Leanne, thank the gods I found you. You, you uh, must flee. He, he's coming for you tonight. He, he knows where you've been hiding. You, you are not safe. Oh, uh, 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 she kind of picks up on it and, and, and turns to Velvet and just kind of gives him like a it's okay look and says, Who, who's coming after me? And he, he kind of looks over your shoulder toward the town. Who? And he pulls you in close and he says, Your father, the 
Mario. He's, he's finally discovered your hideout, and he's coming for you tonight. Mm. My, fa- my father, why, why, would he be, why would he be coming after me and his daughter? He, oh, he, he made me swear to keep quiet, other, otherwise he would kill me. He, he said you'd be next. Oh, I'm, I'm so ashamed. I, I wish I said something sooner, but he, he meant a sacrifice. A sacrifice? What? He mentioned, he mentioned the sacrifice must be greater to get himself what he wants, Leanne. Leanne, you're his daughter. I'm, a, I'm afraid he'll be taking you next. No, no, he, he's my dad. He wouldn't, he wouldn't do that. He's already killed the other seven. What? I'm afraid what? that. My, my dad. Oh. Uh. So much death. And he kind of like puts his forehead to your chest. So much death. It's, uh. <laughs> She's very uncomfortable <laughs> with this contact. <laughs> it's no, th- th- thank, thank you, thank you for telling me this. I, I, I can't, be- I can't believe it, but th- thanks. And she just kind of looks to Velvet, very confused and very conflicted. Velvet looks at her and says, "I fucking hate necromancers." <laughs> <laughs> Please, Leanne, you, you must leave town right away. Forget your friends, forget the guild, you have to leave. The guild? Where, where? You, you mentioned my, my father knew where the guild, the hideout was? He finally found it in the lumber mill. He, he knew that you'd go where your mother died to honor her, to be close to her. Oh, okay. Um, thank you friend and she uh gets out of her um she gives him like a couple i don't know silver pieces and places them in his hand yeah he immediately presses it back to your chest he says you've been a dear friend to me all these years leanne this is not for money this is because i care for you thank you Um, now flee okay thanks and she kind of steps back from him i i promise i'll stay safe Thank you. And you didn't hear it from me. And he immediately yes. turns around and starts sauntering off to his little hut in the corner of the graveyard. <laughs> okay. She turns back to Velvet. Hey. Yeah, honestly, your dad gave me some pretty bad vibes when we met. Honestly, maybe because he was a necromancer and I hate them, but I don't know. I didn't trust him. Nope. No siree. What has happened here? This was not like this when I left. Really? Because it seems really... I mean, the river and... And your dad, and now civil war. No, none of this happened. Obviously, come <laughs> is, is, is this all? Is this all new information to you? It wasn't like this before. Wait. Yes, this is all new. I thought I'd come back, and I would avoid their home, and they'd be fine, and 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 not this. My mom's dead. My dad wants to kill my sister. Okay. Um. Huh. I don't know what to do right now. Well, I think we need to get some backup, and we need to tell them, and, and first, have a drink, get our heads clear, maybe a um, brothel, and then the lumberyard, yeah? yeah? <laughs> okay, um... I can't yeah. fight when I'm all backed up. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that is so uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. I only found out my dad's a murderer, but your bowels are just... Whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a lot to handle. Oh, it's not bowels, my friend. Anyways, <laughs> let's go. And, and, and he kind of oh. just starts. <laughs> he, 
Lena takes her. a second before she follows. She kind of oh like stares at him for a second and just very conflicted and then slowly starts walking behind him. Vel- Velvet is humming the tune of Summer with my thumb. Of course. Well. <laughs> yeah. get, get, oh, get ready. man. Get okay. Ready, yeah. <laughs> a huge hit. So the others. <laughs> the others are all standing in the market square just as the clock strikes 9 p.m. You see all the townsfolk begin to return to their homes and exit the town, and guards begin taking their posts throughout the street. You hear a guard nearby yell, Curfew is now in effect. Please return to your homes. And uh, the rest of the group besides Lena and Velvet is uh, just outside of the church, kind of where you left your cart. Okay. Um, I, I, in my notes, um, the Sai had actually made arrangements to go have mead at Jumping Jacks with a, a guard. Mm-hmm. So I think Sai is going to head uh, head towards, with the, with the promise of mead, he's going to head towards Jumping Jacks <laughs> and start doing a little pre-drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the group? Right now, we're uh, to paint the picture, we're just in the moment where Sai had just finished the conversation with the guard, and uh, he's beginning to make his way over. Okay, and uh, the guard who announced himself there, Avery, um, is he near us, by the way? The one who announced the curfew? Yeah, he's just about 10 feet away. I look to him and go, What if you do not have a home? Then I would suggest an inn at Jumping Jacks. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Scurry along now, my dwarven friend. I literally scurry. I run. (laughs) I like walk fast. I walk really fast to this this jack in. And Sai sees uh, Gyriad uh, uh, coming towards him like, oh, come, come, come join me. Come have some mead with me. And Bree? Bree is um, going to look for Nellie and bring her over to the inn and get her um, set up safe in a room. So uh, I'm going to say she's actually just with you guys um, outside <laughs> by the car. She, she's standing right next to you. So you take a look around and there's her face. Okay. So telepathically, Bree is going to say to Nellie, how about we head over to the inn and we'll get you safe in a room and that way we'll have a place where your father can come to look for you when we find him again. Okay. She seems really sad. <laughs> she doesn't even look at you. No. In this moment, you see the cultist in the cart pot his head up finally <laughs> and he kind of looks around at his surroundings and then he spots you Bree, and he's like hey hey untie me hey <laughs> Bree telepathically she she walks a bit closer to the cart telepathically says to him why would i untie you i know what you did to malik i i didn't do that to malik i swear who's malik i was just caught at the wrong place, at the wrong time. Listen, if you untie me, I, I, I'll, I'll just go, or I, I can even help you. What do you want to know? Do I see this at all? As you guys are just about to head into Jumping Jacks, Geary, you look over your shoulder and you see Bree talking to the cult. I immediately walk over. <laughs> <laughs> and Sai, you notice Geary leave your yeah. presence behind you as well. Uh, what, where, where are you going? I, I am leaving towards the cultist, and I walk towards oh, the cultist. The cultist! <laughs> I completely forgot about the cultist. Oh, well, I should probably do that, too. <laughs> um, Bree 
um, sees Geriad walking towards her and telepathically she says to him, he wants us to untie him. He says that he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, obviously, this could be a lie. We need to figure out what he knows. Are you disturbing my telepathic friend? <laughs> no, I swear. I, we were just having a nice conversation. I, I swear. Please do not make me indulge in murder. <laughs> in murder? No, I hate murder. I, I also hate murder, but I will <laughs> murder you. Please don't. <laughs> Telepathically, Bree says to Garrett, I don't think we need to result to mur- murder yet. I don't even know what those cultists are up to. I swear, I just kind of got swept up in it all, you know? I was just kind of a lonely guy living in the Wellport, and these guys came by, and they were like, hey, do you want to survive the end of the world? And I was like, well, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, especially if it's soon. So I decided to follow them, and then I saw all the bad things they were doing along the way, and all the kill, uh, the killing, and I, and then you guys swept in all of a sudden as we were as we were transporting those crates of wine, and you guys are clearly, clearly, way stronger than that group, and I just want to say, like, I do not want any bad blood with you. I just, I just want to help or or be let go in any way I can. Um, can I roll to see if he's lying by any chance? Yeah, roll investigation. What uh, would that be? Uh, I think it's insight, actually, Avery. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Insight. Uh, yes. All right. So I got a 16. 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he seems to be telling the truth. Like, he clearly believes he's outmatched, and he doesn't seem to be totally into the whole cultist thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, he seems, he seems pretty honest. Hmm. With this knowledge... I will look at my telepathic friend and say, Telepath, I believe he is telling the truth. Okay. I trust your insight. By now, Sai is now finally catching up with the, the yeah. group and, and, and sort of, and he says, So, what's going on? What, 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 is it, what has he told you? He is not all that bad, apparently, in his own words. Mm. But yet... He's wearing the robes of the cult. Why are you wearing the robes of the cult, cultist? Well, <laughs> technically, I, I joined them, so I, I am a cultist, but I don't have to be. I, I could take them off. I'm just not wearing anything underneath, so it'd be kind of awkward, but mm. I mean, please don't kill me. What is this cult? Tell us about the plan. What, what do you know? Okay. So, and then immediately a guard walks over and says, Curfew is now excuse me guard i'm in the middle of the conversation with a cultist that we have tied up please leave us alone (laughs) do you want to roll intimidation (laughs) what's funny is that he's not trying to be but okay (laughs) well what would you like to do persuasion or intimidation um i uh let's see here uh i guess that would be persuasion if anything yeah okay um okay i just roll a flat d20 that would be a 17 Let me make a roll for him. Okay. He looks to the rest of the group. He looks to the cultist who is still tied up back to the rest of the group. And he says, you have five minutes. And he walks away. Um, Telepathically, Bree says to Garyad, maybe we should take the cultist back to the inn and question him there. So we don't get into any more trouble from the guards. This is a good idea, telepath. All right. I'm just going to pick up the cultist. (laughs) (laughs) all right i'm walking to the end all right to the to the jumping jacks okay and as you guys are walking over with the cultist in your arms the guards kind of give you a very strange look and they look to the other guard who approached you guys and that guard kind of gives them a hand gesture of like don't worry 
they have three minutes left. And then <laughs> you guys, uh, Lena and Velvet, as you round the corner of the path to the graveyard, it's right next to Jumping Jack. So you're actually, you end up 10 feet away from your group as they're just about to enter. Ah, friends! Oh, hello, friend! We lost you there for a moment. So glad you could join us. Here, we're, we're going to go inside the inn and we're going to, uh, in, we're going to interrogate our, our cultist friend here. He's awake, right? Yeah, and and he kind of cranes his neck over as best as he can from behind Gary. He says, "Hi, hey, <laughs> nice to meet you, Velvet Smooth Chords." Where's Where's Malik? You guys know he's in the church. He's not. He's not with his daughter. Well, is he better? Um, in a way. Oh, Lena wasn't there. Yep, <laughs> I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bree telepathically says to Lena, "He's lost his memory. He." doesn't remember not Nelly at all. Was that just like a side effect from being cursed? Bree shakes her head no. So I don't, I don't know what she said to you, but I did hear what you said, Lena, and uh, was it because of the brain damage? I called it, didn't I? Yep. I, yep. Lena looks down to Nelly, just like horrified. I'm no apothecary, but woof, you know. Uh, Am I near Nelly right now? Yep, you're all together. Nelly, why are you upset? My dad doesn't remember me. She says in an actual confused way because oh, right. <laughs> she thought it was obvious. <laughs> <laughs> and so Geared goes, and this upsets you? Hold that thought. And she like kneels, Alina kneels, kneels down in front of Nelly and just like puts her hands on her shoulders and says, I'm, I'm so sorry, Nelly that your dad doesn't remember. I, I think it's my fault. I think I hit him a little too hard over the head and I'm so sorry. I was just trying to knock him out so we could take him here. I want my mom's vial back. Oh. <laughs> <gasps> I, he, yeah. And she just like slowly grabs it out of her bag and holds it out to her. Nellie quickly takes it from your hand and pockets it, not looking at you. Lena stands up and just kind of turns her face away from everyone and pulls her hood down over her head. She's like, oh, yep. Okay. The cultist says, I have a lot of blood rushing to my head right now. And you look and his face is like beet red because he's just been hanging there for so long now. Can we sit down? Sir, I don't think that you're a part of this little group enough to really have it a valid opinion, okay? Uh, you're not a part of Velvet and the... Sorry, what are we calling ourselves again? Velvet and the... Uh, you know what? We're still working on it. It's okay. And Velvet walks in. <laughs> So you guys head into Jumping Jacks and immediately you can assume it's named Jumping Jacks because there's actually an acrobatics show going on right now on the stage. <laughs> oh! uh, there seems to be, there seems to be uh, two halflings doing an actual acrobatics show and they're kind of like doing handstands on top of each other or doing backflips over each other. It's very impressive actually. There's uh, quite a few people in the tavern. Many of them seem to be travelers all wearing their weapons or having their backpacks and knapsacks to the side of where they're sitting, and uh, the bar is pretty lively. Are you guys just uh, finding a seat, uh, I assume? Yeah, yeah. Is there a table open? Yeah, there is. Okay, I, I, I just throw the cultist, like, I'm not trying to hurt him or anything, <laughs> but I just kind of throw him nonchalantly onto a chair. I don't know if you'll land on it or not, but I'll just sit next oh, to him. No. Yep, he, he lands on it fine. <laughs> okay. Um. Bree is going to walk over to where the cultist is, and with the extra rope, she wants to take it and tie the rope that's around his arms to the chair. Ah, a little snug, but okay. 
Velvet's gonna go and order drinks for everyone, and he goes, Excuse me, barkeep, around for all of us. For uh, You put it on the tab of Velvet and the sexy cadets. And he looks at everyone, yeah? Oh. Mm -hmm. And Sai no? shakes his head no. And then he leans, <laughs> Sai, Sai leans over to Nelly and says, What would you like to drink, little one? Not alcohol. <laughs> water. Water. And, and uh, Sai says, Velvet, one water for Nelly. Okay, gotcha. One water and... Are we giving the cultist something? Are we gonna are we gonna feed it? Cultist, are you drinking? I haven't had any food or water since morning, so I would love uh, anything. Yeah, you're not getting food. Tough shit. Too bad. Uh, I'm, oh. Give him like I don't know. Give him an ale or something really like stale. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the barkeep literally looks at you and nods at that, and then gets back to it. <laughs> he he's got it. He knows what it is. Okay. Brie takes a bit of um, a, a piece of bread that she had in her bag and she gives it to the cultist. And since his hands are tied to the table, he kind of bends over the table and starts eating it just using his mouth and like <laughs> biting off pieces. <laughs> oh, thank you. I was so hungry. Uh, Lena, who's been like quiet this entire time since like the rejection from Nellie and everything else that's been happening. She's just kind of been sitting there quietly and she turns to the group finally and says, uh, guys, I, I think I need to maybe go talk to my dad right now. I don't know. I don't, right. I don't know how much you've talked to him about or, or what I missed while I was gone, but I, I learned some information that's troubling. Oh. What information? Yeah. Uh, she, she relays everything that the dude told her in the graveyard. So you guys know basically Thurio's been the one kidnapping and murdering yeah. people. Right, yeah. According to yeah. this guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. So By then, I'd probably come back with the drinks, right, Avery? Oh, yeah. Cool, all right, here you go. And I hand him out. This <laughs> is most troubling. Yes. Should we kill Thurio? Uh, I mean, no, we, we can't have you go there alone. No, I agree. She cannot. Yes. Verbally, um, Bree whispers to Lena, yes, it's, it's too dangerous. You can't go mm. by yourself. Well, uh, who knows if we can even trust this guy? I mean, he says he knows my sister, but I, I don't know. Did, did did my dad seem like the, the the murdering type when you saw him? I only saw him for like a minute before I left again. He's a necromancer. All of them are crazy. <laughs> oh. oh, okay, okay. Uh, full full confession here, people. Okay. He looks aside and he goes, I know you know, but okay, so I used to be a part of a group named Noman Bones. I know, I'm sure most of you know. It's amazing. I do not know of this Noman Bones. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. But anyways, Noman Bones, we were great. We, we toured all the cities. My partner Bones was a necromancer and he would get a bunch of skeletons to dance for my wicked songs. And we toured the entire globe well does, do we know does the this story flat? have a does the story have a point velvet I, i'm sorry yeah that necromancers are, stuff right now <laughs> what are you kidding me he stole all my money fuck necromancers that's all i'm saying and he just okay. sits there okay rude it was indeed a wicked show thank you <laughs> <laughs> i love how supportive science of velvet all the time <laughs> oh this is my favorite song yes it's so good. He has Anyways. like five different favorites, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust nice. them. That's all I'm saying. I don't trust them. Mm -hmm. Okay, but what did my dad tell you guys? I mean, mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm so sorry. I'm drawing a blank right now. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah, Bas sorry, basically, Marie. you guys talked about, you know what? I'll, ha I'll have you guys all roll history since we're <laughs> trying to recall. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, that's a nine. That's an eight. <laughs> eight. That's wow. Okay. I got I got a nine. So. Oh, oh my, my goodness. God. Okay. So. <laughs> when she asks that, everyone does not say anything at first, and you kind of look around the room for a sec, kind of scratch your chins, <laughs> kind of like give a little cough of awkwardness, and then Bree <clears throat> finally steps up. And Bree, you you recall that he was very quick to jump to the conclusion that they're performing a specific demonic ritual, and he seemed to know a lot about it. It seems like between the two stories, the lumber mill is, is a spot. Right. Did he mm. mention my sister at all? Bree, no, you rem- did, you remember that he did. Yeah, he he mm. he clearly stated she's a part of the thieves guild. I think it's their it's fault. Thieves. Oh right. Bree yes. telepathically yes. says, "Selena, yes, he did mention your sister. He said that she was a member of the thieves guild." Leanne's in a thieves guild. <laughs> okay. That's what he said, but uh, uh, I'm starting to think that uh, maybe this isn't such a bad guild after all. Yeah, I mean, it's mm. kind of the old man's word over my father's. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I think we need to... Do you trust your father, Lena? That's my question. Like, daddy-o, how, like, yes, no, maybe so? Hmm? I, I mean, I How close are you with your father? Is <laughs> he a dick? Is he cool? What's up? <laughs> I haven't... I think he is kind of cool. I didn't know my father either. The cultist jumped in. <laughs> you know what? You, okay, let's give him a name. You're going to be... Do you want... No, you're Derek. Derek, shut up. Okay, well, I, I haven't seen my father in four years, so I guess a lot has changed since then. I think all I have to do is confront him and ask him and find my sister, and I'm sure this whole thing will be sorted, right? Bree looks at Lena, and verbally she says, if your father's dangerous, I don't think... He- you should go alone to visit him. And if your sister is in the Thieves' Guild, maybe Sai's right. Maybe they're not bad. Okay, well, yeah, I I guess we can talk to them first. That's fine. Get some answers, hear my sister's side of the story. Well, look, we have another problem. It's after 9 o'clock, I'm assuming, by now. (laughs) Yes, it is. And so we are going to have to be very, very... Uh, secretive about how we get if, if we choose to go back to the the church we need to make sure that we um, avoid these guards because they will likely take us into custody if we were violating uh, uh, curfew I can go invisible so you let me know where you need me to go you can go invisible uh yeah why would I want to right because look at me but I know can you make other people invisible uh, or just yourself uh, <laughs> Little one, I should warn you that I can too. Not just go invisible, but no. Wait, I cannot. I am drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man. Me too, buddy. (laughs) You sure you want to be? Uh, I guess so. (laughs) I can't really choose when I am drunk or not. I drink, and then I get drunk. Oh, actually, JK, JK, I can make other people invisible. (laughs) Sorry, I just closed my eyes and looked into my brain, and I found it. (laughs) I can do it. I think we need a plan. Mm -hmm. Right. So we need to get ourselves to the lumber mill. Right. At Mm -hmm. nighttime. Hmm. 
It seems like maybe we should do... I wonder, because there are guards out, should we do a, 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 a diversionary group and then a group that's getting right to the lumber mill right away? Because the thing is, Lena, I know you're not very graceful, but we need to get you to the lumber mill above all things. Like, I agree. If you can hide or not, we have to get you there. And But the likelihood of you being seen, and he looks at your giant axe, something about all that is going to get seen big time. Well, Velvet, aren't you an entertainer? If not, I will distract the guards. <laughs> Yo, I am fine with doing that. Hey, me and Girion, we could bond. Have some fun bonding time, eh? Hmm? Yes. Now, we have, we, have, we have another issue. We have to... Uh, Nelly, I think it's, it's too dangerous for you to go. Uh, perhaps we should um, get, a, uh, get a room for you and have you stay here in Jumping Jacks while we, while we are out. I can watch Nelly, says the cultist. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Kyle, no. <laughs> the raven can watch over Nelly and you. Yeah, I, I trust I trust the raven. Me, Nelly, and your bird can all stay here and we'll wait until you guys return. Perfect. Yes. And that way you can question me after. If you cause harm to Nelly, or even worse, mimic, I shall kill you. Mm. <laughs> all, all, all right. <laughs> he's, like, he's clearly, he's very clearly scared of you, but he's trying to just smile through it. Anyways, yes. Okay, so me and Girion are gonna go and distract the guards. Yeah, make a little noise. Girion, are, are you a music man? Let's have some fun. I am a very talented singer, along with my raven. Ah! Velvet like freaks out. Okay, double act. Let's go. Oh wait, I have an, I have an idea. He picks up his staff and kind of does a little waving of the staff, and he's casting Alter Self to make him look like a guard. Oh, okay, cool. Lena's going to be his prisoner. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Cool. Okay. All right. Give it a shot. Nelly, Mimic, you two are in charge here. You make sure you watch this cultist and don't let him escape, okay? Wouldn't (laughs) want to even if I could. (laughs) Thank you, Bree. Good luck. Have a good night, guys. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Such a disgusted sound. <laughs> uh, no respect for Darian so far. <laughs> and now, a word from our sponsor, Antonino's Pizza. Our specialty is pizza. That's what we do. It's what we do best. We don't offer pasta. We don't offer wings. We don't offer fries. We stick to what we do best, and we believe we do it better than anyone else. The best pizza in town are your money back every penny. We have three locations, South Windsor, Tecumseh at Manning and Amy Croft, and LaSalle on Malden Road. And now, a word from our sponsor, Brimstone Games, your one-stop shop for all your tabletop needs. Located at 1421 Tecumseh Road East in Windsor. Uh, are you are you casting it while you're sitting down before you head outside? Um, no, he's gonna uh, do it just as he exits, so that other people don't see him transform. Okay. Yeah. So, well, um, Lena gets up and nods to the rest of them. Says, "Okay, guys, good luck." All right. So we so basically, what's happening now is we have Sai and Lena are heading to the lumber mill, and yep. mm-hmm. lumber mill, and yep. the rest are gonna create a distraction. I think so. Yeah. Oh, Bree, are you coming with us? 
You know what, Bree is going to look at Sai and uh, telepathically say to him, I don't know how I feel about leaving a child and a bird in the company of the cultist. <laughs> Why don't I stay here? Oh, they'll be fine. And I can question the cultist and then when we meet up, we may have more information and be able to put more of the pieces together to come up with a plan. Good, good. That sounds like a good plan. So I feel like me and Geriot are going to go right out the front door, right? Like, like we're, we're just trying to be like, hey-o! Like, we are coming out ready to go. Yeah. Right? Yeah? Yeah, does that yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, whatever you guys are going to do, yeah. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> And good. then once people seem cool. distracted, I think Sai and Lena will duck out pretty yeah. quickly after. Yeah, so he's he's going to kick the door open. Uh, well, oh, before that, oh my he's going to he's gonna look at Geriot and go, listen, I've, uh, I haven't really done a, a, a duet in, in, in a while, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, what's your what's your song? What are we trying to do here? Hmm? I'm going to sing a song for my people. Ooh, Me oh. and Mimic performed this many, many times. All three times it was successful. I love it. Okay, so I'm going to let you take melody, and I'm just going to riff off in the harmony. I might do some flips. I might take my clothes off. You just you just stick with what you do, and I'm just gonna add a little like. And he throws out some like confetti out of his uh, clothing. Sexiness to this whole thing. Okay. I like it. Thank you, Velvet. Mm, let's do this. Yes. And he like he like chest bumps him. He jumps really high and like chest bumps him. Well, not really high because he's a dwarf, but yeah. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so we're gonna start with Geriad and Velvet. Okay. Okay. So uh, paint the picture for me, Avery. Basically, so what do you guys want to do? <laughs> you guys, uh, I'll take it from like you guys are in the tavern right now, about to do whatever your plan is. Okay. Yeah. So Velvet. You, yes. I must warn you, I am cur- currently inebriated. This must be a problem for you, but this is kind of a good thing. No, man, I'm, I'm, uh, and for the first time, Velvet, like, at this point realizes he actually did drink a lot uh, right away, because I would assume that it came in human pints, and he drank it. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'm feeling a little buzz myself, but let me tell you, that's when the best inspiration happens, right? Uh, let me just riff. It's going to be awesome. I have an idea. I'm going to make us a sexy little stage, and we're going to get all the attention. Sound good? Yes. So, Matt, since since you're inebriated, I'll, I'll say we'll, we'll kind of treat it like a first level of exhaustion, where right now you'll just have disadvantage on your ability checks. Oh, perfect. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so Velvet's going to kick open, uh, kick the door and, and kind of exit out and go, um, hello, everyone. Good evening to all the peacekeepers of, what's the name of the town again? <laughs> he turns and he looks at her. Bloom. <laughs> Did you say burn? Burn, burn bloom. Hello. And, and I'm gonna cast minor illusion, and, and it's gonna have like a high medieval fantasy neon light. So I figure like they would just be like different colors of torches uh, of different okay. colors, and it spells velvety smooth at bird bloom. <laughs> kind of like in the sky. Okay. So the wonderful thing is that minor illusion you can only make something the size of five feet cubed so it's yes. gonna be a small side but it'll be there it's not very big <laughs> but i figure that like the the the, the multi-colored lights with the darkness might be enough to pull some attention you know um, yeah you guys you so you guys exit out of the tavern and you see that there's only three guards in your general area right now and they all just kind of look to you and they say 
what? <laughs> very, I look at all of them and I go, you, you, and you, come on, we got a free concert. This was brought to you by your liege lord to make sure that his people are taken care of. And I am Velvet motherfucking Smooth Chords. Hello. They, they don't move from their post, but one of them continues to yell kind of over by from the, like from over by the church. And he says, please go home. It is past curfew. <laughs> He's like yelling across the square. I yell, I yell to the guard. What if we don't have a home? <laughs> Please turn around and go back into the inn. Jumping jacks. Okay, I, I'm going to start going back into the inn. Uh, Velvet, if you choose to stop me, feel free. <laughs> he so and goes, hey, man, hey! And then he stops and goes, hey, man, you can't say no to rejection. If I said... Could you imagine if I quit my career after every rejection? Could you imagine when the centaur said that my feet were too big and my nose was too small and my voice wasn't sexy enough? If I said, okay, hell no, let's do this thing. My fellow peacekeepers, <laughs> I have here Giriot, and he will lead us with a traditional song from his people. And I just look at him and I whisper, don't give up, man. <laughs> oh, roll the Rutland bog, the bog down in the valley. Oh, roll the Rutland bog, the bog down in the valley. Oh. <laughs> Uh, can I help out? Because I'm going to just yeah, jump yeah. in. Uh, both of you roll performance. Hell so treated, like, yeah. with advantage. Uh, oh, what? do I roll, roll with a, just normal? Yep, you, you're both rolling normal. So two oh. together, it's it's like you're helping out in an action. Oh, I love that. Uh, that is a 23. I got a 13. <laughs> <laughs> it's enough. The guards are... They are not enjoying your performance, but you've pulled them away from their posts and... It looks like some of them are pulling out some cuffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so but we'll switch over to the other group for a moment. <laughs> Lena's like, that works. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and uh, and Sai kind of whispers to her, should we help them? We should it's, probably help them. I mean, uh, I kind of want to see my sister. Am I a bad person? <laughs> Right, let's go in, and he finds the altar self to make him look like a um, uh, a guard, and he turns to the uh, guards that are out in the, no, the no. town square, and he says, "I I found these gentlemen in, inside, and and I we're thought, dealing with something bigger." And they walk toward Velvet and Gyriad. <laughs> okay, we got to get inside. We better go. That, that's the one I'm referring to. Um, so he says, "Yes, oh, okay. I, I I invited them out to entertain you." Why would you? Why would why we have a job we have a job to do and they actually stop and now they're facing you. Oh god! <laughs> oh no! Lena, oh, <laughs> can't can it just walk away. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to say something. Could Lena have ducked into the shadows while she did that? She's like, I don't like this, and just died. no. size holding you because oh, in that bog right? there was a tree, a real tree, a rattler tree, a tree in the bog, a bog down in the valley. Oh. Enjoy! I have to take this prisoner. Only because Matt was so adamant about role playing, I'll say fine. <laughs> yes, they Matt. they turn away from you because yes, he gets Matt. even more rambunctious, okay. and they're like, oh, f they they don't have time to deal with this random weird conversation. They're going after them, so you guys have an opening. Okay. We run to the lumber mill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's follow you two for a second. So you guys make your way through town. More guards as 
Gyriad gets more, uh, <laughs> as Gyriad gets louder and Velvet is supporting him with these awesome harmonies, more guards from the eastern part of town begin making their way over and they don't seem to pay any attention to you guys. You guys make your way past the blacksmith shop, round the corner, and you end up coming up to the lumber mill. I think Lena just stops at the door and she goes, okay, I'm wasn't planning on seeing my dad, and now I'm going to see my sister. This is great, and my dad might be trying to kill my sister, and my mom's dead, and Nellie hates me. Life is good. So you guys come up to the lumber mill, and it's this large building. It's very open. It seems to be the the front of the lumber mill is completely open to allow for the passage of giant logs to go through and whatnot, and you see that there are stairs that go up to a platform in the middle, and on both sides of this platform, there are two giant saws and you can see the row and the mechanisms that are used to propel the logs forward through these various saws. And you can see there's a hole in the back on either side of the lumber mill for the finished cut logs to exit and to fall into a pile in the back. You two are the only two that are here. Okay. It's <laughs> very quiet. One of the sawmills is actually out of order right now. It, there seems to be um, a sign put up that just says broken, and the mm. other one is completely fine. So Sai transforms back to his normal form. Um, okay. Because I, I, I'm looking at the altar self, and, and you can kind of go back and forth. So I'm going to... It's still in, in effect, but he's going to go back to Sai for, for the moment once he's in, cool. in, inside the lumber mill. Avery, sorry, remind me. Did they say the man said specifically? He just said it's in the the lumber mill. There. Yeah, from the conversation, base. what you remember, yeah, is the their thieves den is somewhere somewhere, somewhere in the lumber mill. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's uh, it's somewhere in here. She says to Sai, and uh, I guess uh, I don't, I really don't want even want to waste time. Should we just go in? I mean, let's go in. Um, you know, in my experience. I imagine that if there is sort of a secret entrance to this this thieves' guild or whatever the guild is, um, I would start with the broken saw first. Okay, sounds good. And Lena just walks in. She's just she wants to find her sister. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys head toward the broken saw, mm-hmm. and I'll actually have you both roll perception for me. Okay. <laughs> Why? Thirteen. 17. 17. So, Lena, you're looking around this broken saw, looking all the way down the row of mechanisms and the saw itself, and you're having a hard time spotting anything that could ascertain to an entrance to the thieves' den. But, Sai, you kind of take a step back to look at the bigger picture, and you kind of look around the lumber mill as well, and you notice that on the broken saw, there's a small lever right next to the blade on a wooden post, whereas on the working saw, there isn't. Mm. And I point this out to Lena. Nicely done. Mm. Let's pull it. What are we okay. waiting for? Um, you ready? This is uh, dangerous stuff. Uh, uh, Lena, Lena takes out she just, she like, no she doesn't take it out but she like puts a hand over like one of her uh, hand axes <laughs> just mm. in case. And Sai goes up to the lever kind of takes a moment and then pulls the lever. So you pull oh, the lever, that. and there's one of the saws in this mill is a large circular saw. You see the the row that the log follows opens up to the sides abruptly, and the giant saw falls down and through and kind of 
cuts through those two and opens up the hmm. road, and you see that there is a wooden staircase leading down. That's cool. Into the dark. <laughs> was I right or was I right? Wow. <laughs> nice. All right. right. Shall we? Do we hear anything when the door, like, yeah. does it seem quiet, Avery, or? It actually seems quiet for now. Cool. All right, Lena just starts walking in. <laughs> and did it make, when it opened up, did it make a lot of noise? Like, would we sort of expect that, uh, that there would be somebody who heard we were coming down? It made a bit of noise, but not enough for you to feel like you need, you have a need for alarm. Gotcha. It's okay, it's okay Sai, it's my sister. She's not gonna, not gonna just kill me. I mean, I don't think, I don't know anymore. And she keeps going. Yeah, I, we're learning a lot about your family. And, and yeah, you know, yeah, it's, just a bit. Good to proceed with caution. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty straightforward, actually. You just follow a single staircase that seems to lead lower and lower. You probably go down like the equivalent of four flights of stairs and you come into a room that looks a little like the room I'm sending you right now in our group chat. Oh, okay. Oh, As you enter this room, hmm. you actually hear the sound of flowing water as you get closer and closer. You look in and you see that there's a small stream of the red water that's coming from the Ooh. river above that cuts through the room and goes through this sort of cave-like entrance on the other side of this den. The last thing that happens is you hear a moan come from the left side of the room and you look, Lena, and you Ugh. recognize this to be the elf man that you ran into earlier in the day, oh. Eldrin. Eldrin. He seems oh, to be really great. badly wounded and he's laying against a bed. Oh good, and Nelly took my healing potion. Great. <laughs> and that's where we'll leave you guys for now. Now my other group of Gyriad and Velvet. Ah, uh, yes. The more serious group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So it's been about, I'm going to say it's, uh, Avery, how long has it been uh, since? Uh, For you guys, where we'll, where we'll bring it back to is Sai and Lena just left. It's been like another 10 seconds. That's where we're going to pick it up from. Oh, no. Okay, so I'm still early in the song. This song is um, quite long. <laughs> <laughs> so the guards begin to approach you, and you can see that they're, they're beginning to pull out cuffs, and it looks like they're going to attempt to arrest you if they come to approach you closer. I, um, I kind of like whisper under my breath, um, Giri, it doesn't look like it's working. And then, um, so I'm going to start, um, doing a bit of a jig for them, which is very out of character for Giri. And <laughs> it's probably going to look horrible, but I'm going to keep singing. And on that twig, there was a nest, a rare nest, a rattling nest, the nest on the twig and the twig on the branch and the branch on the limb and the limb on the tree and the tree in the bog and bog down in the valley. Oh, and then so. it's... I'll so, have you guys both roll performance once more. So the point of this performance, just to make it clear for me, you're trying to get them to just actually enjoy it and not do anything to you guys? Yes. That's uh, right now. Yeah, so yeah. That was his I instructions. Mean, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, kind that's of... Yeah, in a nutshell. We're trying to pacify them. Uh, I rolled pacify. another 23. I rolled a, a crit. Like so a roll, with, roll with disadvantage because yes. it's ability check. Oh, no. Because <laughs> oh, you're drunk. Oh, no. Okay, I rolled, I rolled a seven this time. Seven. Oh dear. Oh no. <laughs> so the guards approach you. They stop about seven feet away, and the main one is trying to shout above your singing, Giriad. He's saying, Please stop singing and return to the inn, or we will have to take you into the guard's house. Um, so I stop singing and I look at Velvet for inst further instruction as I wobble around. <laughs> <laughs> Velvet looks and says, 
uh, well, we were simply told to bring joy to our peacekeepers, and it. I'm very insulted that you would dare send us back in. Roll persuasion. Mm, okay. That's a 18. They seem to lessen the intensity. They kind of drop their hands down, and they say, Who sent you to perform for us? Um... <laughs> Garriott looks at Garriott looks at Velvet and goes, "Ooh." I go, um, "Mr. Goldie," and I pull out a gold piece for each of them, and I like hold them in my hands, and I like smile. Nice. Okay. How many guards are there? At this point now, two others joined. There are five total. Oh, man, no problem. Yeah, I pull out five gold pieces, and I go... And I'm, like, like kind of dancing them in my fingers, and I go, Hey, so, what do you say? And I throw it, I go, A gift from your lord. I'm going to make a roll. He... You said you throw it? Yeah. To them? They... He catches it in his hand. He looks down. He looks to his guard friends, and he says... All right. <laughs> Go on. And they stand there waiting for you to continue. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. So I look at <laughs> Gary and I kind of whisper, okay, not that I didn't love your 14 minute song, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to just try something and just try to keep with it. Okay. And I'm going to use minor illusion again, because it's one of my cantrips. Um, yeah. And I'm going to get it to be like a drum beat. Uh, so it, it kind of like keeps a beat as I pull out my lyre and I like strum on my knees and I like look back at Gyriad. Velvet, before I begin, I have one question for you. Uh-huh. Who is Mr. Goldie? <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we'll move to Bree in, in the tavern with the cultist Darian. <laughs> So the two halflings have just finished their performance. You hear a round of applause, Bree. Darian tries to clap from behind his chair and struggles. And you see Velvet and Geriad go out. You hear some hubbub. You see Sai and Lena exit. Sai is suddenly a guard. You can see through the window he gets stopped, chats with the guard briefly, and then they just sprint off as soon as that guard turns toward Geriad and Velvet again <laughs> somewhere else in the central square. Okay. And you are now left with Nelly. Mimic and Darian. Okay. So the first thing that Brie is going to do is she's going to reach into her bag and she's going to pull out this um, book that she has. Is she has a um, herbalist kit, an herbalism mm -hmm. kit. And okay. so one of the things that she did a lot in the forest was learned a lot about um, different herbs and plants and everything. And she has a book where she's uh, pressed flowers and plants and kept notes about them. Okay. And so she's going to um, hand the book to Nellie and say, uh, if you want to look through this while um, I question Darian over here, it's got lots of nice flowers and plants in it, and I'd be happy to tell you more about them later if you wanted. She just takes the book and opens it up and begins looking. Neither here nor there. And then Bree turns to uh, Darian, and telepathically, she says to him, Okay, I trust my uh, our companion, uh, Giriad, and his belief that you are telling the truth. 
and that you are willing to help us. So please uh, tell me, first off, what do you know about what was in those bottles of wine that you were putting in the cart? So what I know about the wine is that we had to travel a really long way to get this thing. We had to travel all the way west, and I had never even really seen an orc in my life. I'm just kind of kept to myself in Wellport, but we traveled all the way to Califast because apparently they were making this wine for us, and it was supposed to do some, some strange things to people somewhere back in the east. And I was thinking, why would we travel so far just to travel all the way back? It really doesn't make sense, but I didn't open my mouth because I was kind of a new initiate, and I didn't want to get off on the wrong foot with these guys. But we traveled to Califast, and have you ever been to Califast? <laughs> Bree just shakes her head. No. It's incredible the amount of lo- they have lava flows going down the sides of the wall. I don't even know where it comes. It's very architecturally impressive compared to the small town, the village I came from, basically. What were we at? What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Bree, Bree oh, just man. kind of shakes her head and she just says, There was a powder in the wine. Oh, what do you right. know about it? So what I know about the powder is that I'm not supposed to drink it at all because it's supposed to make you really mad. But that's really all they told me. They said it it alters their perception of the world and just makes them really angry and and really inclined to be violent. Are all the bottles of wine that you picked up were those all the bottles that you were placing into the cart or are there any other members of your call to have more bottles of this. Oh, no, no, there's there's way more. We we were actually left behind because I, uh, it's, uh, I'm surprised I didn't kill me. I kind of slept in when I was supposed to wake up our group and they actually left without us. So we were trying to catch up. They're actually a few days ahead already heading east. Where, telepathically, she says to him, where exactly are they heading? I heard that we were headed toward Losherton. We're supposed to bring the wine to this this annual meeting between the queen and the leaders from each of the prairies. Uh, there's the grass prairie and the farm prairie, I think, or the something prairie. And we were going to be giving out the wine for this meeting and all these leaders and supposedly important people from the area were supposed to be there. Telepathically, she asks him, do you know when that meeting is? Let's see. I left that town a couple days ago. We're a few days behind. I think they're meeting in one week. But they're already a few days ahead. They're supposed to land in Losherton, well, I guess tomorrow morning, actually. Bree just kind of sighs. Um, and then she telepathically asks him, what plans do these cultists have? Other, Are there any plans other than what they plan to do with this wine? Well, I heard the wine is supposed to create a diversion, and me and a few of my butt well, they're not my buddies anymore, I swear. I, I don't even like them. We were supposed to go in, and we were supposed to s- be part of this group that's supposed to steal some sort of some sort of shiny diamond thing. Basically, while the others are all murdering each other. <laughs> um, Bree's, yeah, Bree connects what he said with um, the shard that they saw. Yeah, totally. And has a feeling you're, she knows you're what certain, she's talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's going to ask him, and what is your purpose with the shard? I don't know. All I was told was that it's very important for some sort of ritual. 
that's supposed to be performed with the end of the world. I just want to survive, man. And he kind of like shrugs his shoulders up. And he's like, but after all the traveling and seeing all, all the murdering that they do, I, I, I realize, you know, you know what? I, I should make amends, right? Right? And he kind of lays his head forward like aggressively towards uh -huh. you. Um, Bree telepathically says to him, I think wanting to go on a more peaceful path is very noble. Well, I was thinking, actually, maybe, maybe I could join you guys. If, if I'm not with these cultists anymore, maybe, I mean, it's a long way to Wellport, and I'd probably die on my own if I tried to travel. Could, could, can, can, can I come? <laughs> um, Bree kind of nods at him and then telepathically says, I'll need to make sure that all my traveling companions are okay with that. But if you are telling the truth, about your desire to leave this cult and set off towards a more peaceful life, then I would be happy for you to join us. Totally. He seems really happy. And she walks over and she, she doesn't completely untie him yet, but she loosens his ropes quite a bit and she undoes the rope that was keeping him tied to the table. Oh, what a relief. And he kind of stretches out his wrists. Thank you so much. In this moment, Bree, what's your passive perception? Um, 16. 16. You untie him and you briefly look out the window and you could swear that you see Thurio walk by. Mm. Oh, she's going to look at the cultist and uh, Darian and telepathically ask him, if I step out for a minute, do you promise you'll stay here and watch Nelly? Oh, no. Yeah, no problem. Uh, and she's going to step outside and try to confirm if she actually did see Thuriel. So you take a step outside, leaving Nelly and Darian behind. You look in the direction that you think you saw Thuriel walk, and you actually don't see anybody there from where you're standing. I, I think she's going to go a little bit further to see if she sees anything. She's not, she doesn't completely want to leave Nellie alone in there. Um, cool. So she wants to give the chance to walk back into the tavern if she needs to. But if she does happen to see Thuriel when he's a bit further, she wants to follow him. No, that's great. So jumping jacks, you begin to round the corner. And around the corner of jumping jacks, there's a sort of dirt pathway that leads to the Plumberg graveyard. And you see in the distance that a figure is walking across the graveyard, heading toward this mausoleum that's at the edge of the river. He's, he's pretty decently far away at this point, though. Okay. She is going to um, go back into the tavern really quickly and mm -hmm. tell Darian where she's headed and said, if any of the group comes back, let them know that's where I went. Can do, boss. And he kind of gives you a salute. He looks to Nelly and says, what kind of book you got there? Yeah, so Bree's going to head out and start heading toward the mausoleum. Okay, you're heading toward the mausoleum. Mm. So as you actually head out, you see Velvet and Gyriad doing their performance still. <clears throat> <laughs> and they're, they're sort of off closer to the well across the square. So you do have an opening to make it by No Sweat. Perfect. So let's cut to, let's cut back to Sai and Lena. Okay. 
I, I can uh, tell you right now when Lena sees, oh, Eldrin, is that his name? Eldrin, yeah. She's going to, uh, and she's just going to run right to him, kind of not even thinking about the other people, but she's like, I know this man, and just runs to him. No, it's okay. He's the only one there, actually. You know, oh, he's that the only one. Okay, sorry. There's like three there's, other corpses. Oh, there's in the corpses. Room, but, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, they're dead. They're all dead. Okay, yeah, she runs to Eldrin. Uh, oh my god, are you, are oh, you okay? I mean, you're not okay. Obviously, not okay. I'm sorry. The, the, the skeletons, they came so fast, we didn't have a chance. Skeletons? Skeletons. Oh my god, it must be my dad, Sai. Your dad? I don't know. I mean, he's a necromancer, right? Is that, is that what he does? Yeah. I mean. That sounds about he's a, right. He's a necromancer? Is, yeah, is, he, is that the church? Is he not? It's the, the, the god? I don't know. Okay, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm oh, and he, he's holding. He seems really badly wounded. Uh, can I like anything to stop the blood or anything? Is there like yeah? What know. do we see in, yeah. in terms of his wounds? Um, you see that he has a clear cut uh, right across his hip, and it seems pretty deep. So it's actually like impeding his ability to stand up on that side. Okay. You can take a look around the den to see if you can find any sort of supplies. If you want to roll perception for me, I would like to roll perception to see if there's anything around the den. Um. That is a 12. So you see there is actually a, uh, a med kit. So you do have okay. some supplies to kind of bandage yeah. them up. All right. As she's uh, doing that, she, um, Lena's like, Aldrin, Aldrin, did, yeah. did they take anybody? Was anyone here? Where's my sister? They took her. They took her, Lena. And he, he with a grimace, points to the this sort of cave entrance on the other side. Damn. We had that. That entrance was blocked off with boulders. We never even bothered to go through, or we didn't know it was on the other side, but the skeletons came through and they attacked us and took us by surprise and they took Leanne, Lena. Um, okay, okay, okay. Um, I don't want to leave you, but I don't want to forget about my sister. No, go. It's okay. I'll be fine. As Sai's helping bandage him up. He actually grabs you, Lena, by the front of your armor or whatever. What are you wearing for armor? Wearing I am, she has no armor on. I need to no buy armor. some. Okay, he, he grabs you by the cuff of your shirt and pulls you uh, and he says, listen, you go after your sister, okay? I wouldn't okay. even be here if it wasn't for her. Okay, oh, I will, I promise, I promise, I will. Uh, I'll be fine, it's okay. Okay, Sai, I have to go. Well, I'll, I'm coming with you, I, okay. you need backup. Yes, Okay. I mean, um, I mean, we should probably wait for the others, but I, I can't, I gotta go get my sister. I can't let you go alone. Um, is there any like candle or anything that that uh, is around? Yeah, there's a candle on the bedside table that he's leaning against. <laughs> okay, well, uh, Sai grabs one of the candles because um, it's it's a cave, right? So yeah. Okay. Lena grabs out, takes out her great axe, and she's just like, "Okay, let's kill some skeletons, and hopefully not my dad. I hope it's not my dad." And she just starts walking into the tunnel. <laughs> okay. Um, what, what does the cave look like? Is it pretty dark or is it, uh, is there sources of light in there? It's pretty dark. There's no source of light. Okay. Um, I cast prestidigitation and I light, uh, the candle so that we can see. Okay. No problem. So it's a naturally made cave entrance and the water is trickling down the ca the floor of the cave, uh, in a steady stream. That's just heading further down into the cold, damp cave. And it's red water or? Yeah, it's red water. So you, you think it's coming from the river that flows along the western edge of town there. Okay, so this isn't the source of the Red River. This is like just a in-between thing? Yeah, the river's flowing down. Gotcha. As we're walking, uh, Lena turns to Sai and she says, Sai, what do, what do I do if it is my dad? I mean, and then I have to choose between protecting my sister and 
killing my dad? It's not a choice that people normally have to make, is it? <laughs> well, maybe, hopefully you won't have to make that decision. What if I do? I, I, I can't tell you what to do, but we need to assess the, the situation before we know who is the one who is really the bad one. We, we still don't know for sure. We have our suspicions, but we need to make sure that we know what's really going on. I mean, he worships a, a, a necromancer god, doesn't he? So, mm. I mean, it's got to be him, unfortunately. I mean, I it hope it's not. It sounds like it, yes, but appearances could be decept deceptive. Okay. Proceed with caution. All right. Right. So we're going to continue heading down in the, into the cave. Okay. And that's where we'll leave you guys for now. So we're going to go back to Geriad and Velvet. So I want you, what, what, are, what is your guys' passive perception? Sorry, Avery, where, where is that? Oh, sorry, 12. 12. 12, and you, Geriad? Okay. Oh, I see. Okay, it's 14. 14. Yeah. Okay. So, Velvet, you don't catch it necessarily, but Geriad, as you uh, go to go into, I don't know, what verse of your song, <laughs> you actually notice Bree step out of the tavern, and she begins going around the side of the building and heading toward the graveyard. Oh, no. But I'm drunk. Okay. Um, I'm going to say this to Velvet. Bree. And I walk away. <laughs> uh... The guard says, where is he going? Uh, he is getting my new costume. I, I, I speak over him because I want to tell the truth. So I go, my new costume. Uh, costume change, you know, showbiz. You know how it goes. And I like wink at Geriad. I just stare at Velvet. I stare at the guard. I stare at Velvet and then the guard. And I turn around and go towards Bree. <laughs> I go, have no fear. I will woo you with, well, this is a rather popular one. I, I, I know, I'm sure you've all heard it before in my many song cycles. This is a popular love ballad called, mm, I gotta think of some of my many songs. It's called, it's called, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Here we go, here we go. Uh, it's called Brew Me a Pot of Love. And he strings his thing. And this one's very like Elvis y, like, oh, well, a home brew me a pot of love. Oh, yeah, baby, just a pot of love, yeah. And he starts to sing Pot of Love, Brew Me a Pot of Love. Are you, are you playing that as you're walking away, essentially? Or? No, I'm not walking away. Oh, you're sticking with them. I, well, yeah, because I want to draw their, their gaze away from him. Oh, okay, okay. So. Since he just kind of left right off, so I figure I have to keep them fixed on me. I won't. I won't have you roll performance. They'll just stick with you. Okay. Okay. They're, cool. They're here for the show. Hell yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm gonna use um, minor illusion to make like like this five foot flower that's like turning behind me as I'm singing <laughs> pot of love. It's got you know a, a very like luau kind of like like I said very very Elvisy vibe. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And and they're loving it. So, Geriad, you begin to walk after Bree, and Bree, you begin to walk along that pathway leading into the graveyard, and right around to where you get to the fence, Geriad, you come around the corner, and you're about 30 feet away from Bree. Bree. <laughs> I hear him and just kind of stop and turn around and telepathically, I say to him, I'm following Lena's father. Who's there? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> my friend, I am not used to that. 
<laughs> it's gonna be the running joke of this campaign. It's just yep. constant. We're like level twenty, and we're still like what? Oh, yeah. Right, right, yeah. Telepathically, she says sorry, and then she <laughs> says, "I'm following Lena's father. He's walking into the graveyard." That we have no time to lose. I agree. <laughs> she says telepathically. Quietly. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> and then she kind of yeah she waits for Gary to catch up and then starts heading into the graveyard. Okay, there we go. So you guys <laughs> head into the graveyard, and you feel, as soon as you enter the graveyard, there seems to be this strange chill. It seems to be suddenly a little colder than, mm. than the air that was outside of the graveyard. You begin to walk through. By the time you guys have entered, you've seen the figure go into the mausoleum, but when you're about halfway across the graveyard, you start to hear some sounds. The, the shifting of dirt... Oh no. <laughs> and as you take a look around, <laughs> you notice that out of some of the graves, that these hands <gasps> begin protruding up and clawing at the earth and rising from the dirt. You see about four skeletons that start to stand up and you hear them crack their bones and their spines and they bring out these swords and other weapons from the grave they were in. And I'm gonna need you to roll initiative for me. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Skeleton battle. 19. That's a 12. 19. Okay, so in initiative right now, Geary, you're gonna be going first, then the skeletons are gonna go, and then Bree. So I'm going to roll to hit one of the skeletons. Now paint the picture for me, Avery, sorry. Yeah, so there's an open pathway that leads to the mausoleum, and then there are graves sporadically set out on either side of you throughout the graveyard, and two are coming from each side. Right now, the nearest ones on each side are about 20 feet away, and then the further ones are 30. Okay, so I'm going to hit the ones that are as cl- like just, you know, relatively close. I'm going to back up a little bit, though. I'm going to use half my movement, so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up about 15 feet and then I'm going to uh, shoot, if that's okay with you. Yeah, do your thing. All right, does a 24 hit? (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) Right on. All right, 26 damage. 26, what type of damage is it? Oh, nice. Oh, that would be piercing, yeah. Piercing, okay. So 26 definitely does it. You bring out your bow and you let fly an arrow, and even in your somewhat intoxicated state, you you can hold yourself together in Mm -hmm. a fight, like, due to your dwarven resilience or maybe something else i don't know but (laughs) you shoot an arrow and it sinks right into the sternum of one of the skeletons and immediately the skeleton its bones release from each other and it falls into a pile onto the ground awesome okay i'm gonna make another attack because i can make two attacks on my turn okay 19 does 19 hit yes awesome 21 yeah so that'll do it too how do you want to take care of that one all right so i um After shooting uh, one of my arrows, I I steadily look over and I I say, um, may may my arrows guide you to the peace and boom. And then I I, I just shoot the uh, skeleton right through the sternum and as it falls down. Yeah. And this time the arrow sinks straight and then its momentum hits the skeleton back and it falls back into the grave it just crawled out of. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> Send it right back to its piece. <laughs> so those skeletons are going to go next. Nice. Uh, since you took some movement back, they're both going to go after Bree. The first one, it pulls out its short sword and it goes to hit you, Bree, and does 18 hit? Yes, it does. 
All right. So it pulls out its short sword. It lunges at you and it slashes you across the chest for a grand total of three piercing damage. Okay. Or I guess it pokes you. <laughs> <laughs> then the other one comes up to you. Same thing with short sword and does, looks like 17 hit. Yes, it does. All right, so that one, same thing, stabs you in the side for four damage. So you can even tell the quality of their weapons. They've been with them for a long time. They're rusty. The edges are dull, so it doesn't seem to be doing as much as a normal short sword attack would. Okay. All right, and Breeze, your turn. Okay. I am going to face the first skeleton that attacked me, and I am going to try to shoot a firebolt at it. All right. Roll the attack. The 17 hit? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, five fire damage. Five fire damage on that one. Okay. So flames engulf the bones around it, and it doesn't even seem to take a reaction to the flames. You can see the flames beginning to melt away its bones a bit and poking holes and charring it black, but they, that one is still standing. As a um, bonus action, since my firebolt is a cantrip, I want to bring out my spiritual weapon. Totally, and it's green, right? Yes, it's a green um, longsword. Nice. So after you cast that firebolt, this sort of energy radiates out from you, and this wispy green energy suddenly solidifies and forms into this green floating longsword. Now, Velvet, in this moment, as you're performing, you see this flash of red from the direction of the graveyard, somewhat... And a couple of the guards turn around and they say, what was that? So as soon as that happens, I've actually pre-rolled for this. Uh, so um, this is going to be fun. Uh, it actually, <laughs> this kind of works out. So I go, oh, uh, as like, I'm finishing my song. I just like crank up my, my, my volume. And it's like, uh, you know, well, I brew me some of that lovely, sexy love. And I like do like a spin. And as I spin, I grab into my bag of furries and I throw out a <laughs> feather and I roll the seven, which means a motherfucking lion appears. Oh my God. I want to, I want to kick off the, I want to kick off the ground and do a backflip and land on the lion uh, like I'm riding it and smack his ass and just crash through the guards and go right towards that, that light. Yeah, that happens. The lion emerges from the ground with a roar. <laughs> its two giant claws hit the deck. And these guards jump and scream so high-pitched back. And they, the, the two that didn't have the reaction time to get away and start running, you smash through those two as their weapons and armor go flying off of them. The Sorry. other three... <laughs> The other three are running to the other side of town, screaming. Hope you enjoyed the show! (laughs) And you are riding a lion toward the graveyard. So by the end of the next turn, you'll be entered into initiative if you choose to enter combat. Hell yeah, okay. (laughs) So next up, we have Giriot again. Ah, so does a 22 hit? Yes, their AC is 13. Oh no, okay. That'll be 20 damage, Avery. Oh my God. How do you want to yes. do this? All right, so I I uh, shoot right through the head. I, I, I'm just going to crash right through the head of the skull of the uh, skeleton. Can you just quickly paint the picture for me? Like, how much more are left? There are two currently. There are two left? Yep. Uh, how far are they? They're right next to Bree, so 15 feet away. Okay. 
Bree, duck! And as I, as I ask her to duck, I'm going to try to shoot the one right near. Yeah, Bree hits the ground. Oh, that's a crit. Oh, okay, so exciting. Yay. Can you roll a percentage dice for me? I can roll percentage dice. And I got a 45. All right, so you'll just double your dice. All righty. <laughs> just. Yeah, 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 just do that. I guess for people listening, something that we talked about before this session was that we wanted to introduce a new approach to critical fails and critical successes. Uh, as a DM, I felt like a f every roll is a 5% chance. So for something extraordinary to happen when you roll a critical fail or success, I wanted to roll a percentage dice as well. And we set up specific parameters that if you r roll the percentage dice and get a certain number, then it triggers something more extraordinary. So otherwise, outside of that, it'll just be a fail or a success or doubling your dice and whatnot. But uh, just to help give me some structure as a DM as to when I can add some extra flavor. Right on. Okay. So my damage was 37. Yeah. How do you want to take care of that one? <laughs> so um, I'm going to uh, do a little like crouch on the ground there a little bit and uh, plant my foot and just really uh, shoot and... Uh, and speak some dwarven um, words, and as the the uh, arrow is kind of surrounded by this slight magical green nature-like glow as it flies right through the uh, skeleton and it just keeps going forward. Nice, it whizzes even over the river in the background. Mm. Okay, there we go, and uh, that's how I do it. <laughs> All right, so right after you take care of that skeleton, you hear these very loud paws like approaching. It doesn't sound like a horse. There's no clip clop, <laughs> but it sounds like a big beast approaching you guys from behind. And you turn around and you see that Velvet has just leapt over the graveyard fence riding a lion and comes up to you guys. I shouldn't I should have mentioned this, but the lion uh, its mane and my hair match, of course. Oh, beautiful! <laughs> yes. Nice. Yes. Um, so when I jump in, Avery, can I get a can I get a surprise attack on these guys, or do they see me coming? So Giriad actually just took care of the last skeleton that. Oh came my out. god! I'm sorry. Oh. No, no, that's okay. So I I I just kind of land and you know I I, I like pull up my sword and go have at thee. Oh, they're all gone. Hey, great job! Awesome. <laughs> Love that. Um, <laughs> so the guards are taken care of. They're scared shitless. Uh, we're good. So what's up? Telepathically, Bree says to Velvet, Lena's father went into the mausoleum here. Oh. You mean the necromancer? And I've ended up on in this side of the plot line, eh? The necromancer side? Oh, good. Okay. Oh, well. Life's a bitch and then you die. Let's go. <laughs> Telepath, are you hurt? Bree telepathically says to uh, Geriad, no, I'm uh, just some minor wounds. Okay. I'm, o I'm okay right now. But, uh, thank you for taking care of all those skeletons. Thank you for your guidance. So he's in the mausoleum, eh? <laughs> yeah. Ah. So I, I turn my, my lion towards the mausoleum and I like pat him on the head. There, 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 Reginald. Okay, are you ready to eat some <laughs> necromancer, buddy? <laughs> and he lets out this huge roar. Oh, isn't he a cute boy? I love him. Okay, uh, so who wants to go in first? I'm kind of a more of a... I head in. Rear, rear guard person myself. Okay. Gyriad heads in. Bree starts following after Gyriad. And Velvet goes in the back. Riding the line. Yeah.
Looking to immerse your players with some quality ambience? Then check out the YouTube channel Sword Coast Soundscapes, where they have over 100 different ambient soundscapes, some of which you can hear in this podcast. Or, if you're looking for some music to set the tone of that fantasy capital, or raise the stakes of combat, consider supporting Will Savino's Patreon named Music D20, where he is constantly dropping new tracks for your tabletop games. Hey there. Thanks for listening. Tall Tale Theatre Collective is proud to announce that we are expanding our podcast network to now feature two programs. We will continue to present our horror series, Night Terrors. Welcome to a world of thrills, threats, and terrors. Night Terrors is an anthology radio play podcast that will bring you face-to-face with your nightmares. Come listen, if you dare. Introducing our newest program, Fantasy Fantasia, which includes two RPG podcast campaigns. The first is Dungeons & Dragons Legend of the Silver Flame. Experience laughs, suspense, and triumph with a motley crew of adventurers who could be the last hope against great evil long thought to be vanquished. The second is Monster Hearts Undergrad. Follow the tale of romance, mystery, desire, and murder as an unlikely bunch of mostly pubescent monsters navigate their social, academic, and supernatural lives at Oakhurst College. Listeners even get the chance to weigh in on the action of both campaigns. For more, visit our website at www.talltaletheater.com. Talltale Theater Collective. Grow with us.